Welcome, 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 welcome to the Heart of Markness podcast, episode 35 or 36. I think it's 35. Episode probable 35 of the Heart of Markness podcast and happy new year. It is 2020. At the moment, it is January 2nd, 2020. In another moment, it will not be. But for now, it is. So for now, happy birthday or new year. You know what I mean? Hope everybody had a nice holiday season. It's over. Now is either the sweet relief of no more obligation for a little while till Valentine's Day or the crushing despair of back to work, back to school, back to life. In any case, it's over. The holidays are over. I hope you had a nice holiday period. I did. And now it's 2020. So let's start the year off with a bang. I was planning on, I tried to uh, feature the first recorded show of Led Zeppelin, or at least the one that's uh, out in the trading circles anyways. There may be some super hoarded earlier one that I'm not aware of, but December 30th, 1968 is the first uh, recording of Led Zeppelin in the trading circles. Um, And I was going to feature it because it's neato. And it's noteworthy, but unfortunately, it sounds horrible. And it sounds too horrible to really play because it's not like the performance is amazing. Like, okay, guys, you got you got to power through this because it's worth it. No, it's just literally the first Led Zeppelin concert that we have from bootleggers. And um, they had played in Denver on the 26th, I think, of December. And then I know after the 30th, which is Gonzaga University in Washington, um, they played Portland, Oregon, I think on New Year's Eve 68, which there's no tape of. So basically the only 68 tape that is known, at least maybe not in the super, super mwahahaha inner trade circles, uh, but it didn't sound good enough. I got what is regarded generally as the best version of it. And there's only one tape um, out there, so everything is just, you know, polishing that turd. And it's not unlistenable, but it is... It's too too distorted for the podcast, at least for now. Maybe at some point we'll feature it, but I couldn't do it. I could not do it. So um, instead, I called an audible and... uh, we have another page and plant show, but it is a doozy. It is February 17th, 1996, and it is in Japan. Where in Japan, Mark? Well, you know, I had my notes. I want to say Nagoya, but I can't remember anymore. Certainly not Spokane University. Let's close that file. And we're scrolling. And we're scrolling. La 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 la. They'll suspect nothing. Yeah, Nagoya. I was right. I was right all along. I had the answer inside. Nagoya, Japan. Now this is an excellent soundboard recording merged with an excellent audio recording. So we have a super excellent recording 
with great sound, great punch, great atmosphere, great tone, great balance. It sounds it sounds like a professional recording. It does. If if not a professional release, then professional audio from a professional broadcast. It's fan beetle tastic. And you're gonna love it. Mark, haven't we already heard something from the very, very short Japan tour in nineteen ninety six? Yep. And you're hearing more. But I won't play the same songs. I won't play T for one. Um, But I am going to play a couple of rarities. Well, yeah, not really rarities, but um, Dancing Days. And what else am I going to play? Yeah, you know what? We're not going to start with Dancing Days. We're going to start with Celebration Day which is rad and awesome, and it doesn't sound like a bunch of 50-year-olds farting around up there. And remember, in the 96 tour, uh, the ancillary extra musicians, like the guy from The Cure, Portal Thompson, and uh, you know the banjo mandolin dude and the bodrum player are not there. The hurdy-gurdy guy is still there, but that's because he's awesome. And I almost put his solo in there, but I didn't. One of these days we'll hear it. Or you can just hear it when you download this show, right? So, this is Page Plant. It is after their initial 1995 reunion tour, following their initialer 1994 reunion special on MTV, the unleaded broadcast, which I believe is still the most popular of the unplugged shows. You see, children, back in the day, MTV used to play these shows called Unplugged, where they would take people who weren't famous anymore and put them on TV to play their old songs. But instead of playing them the way they did, they play them with acoustic guitars. So you had people like Rod Stewart come on and you go, what the fuck, Rod Stewart? Was he still famous? No, he was not, children. He was a Vegas act, much like he is now. Now, that's not to shit on him for that. He's a great Vegas act. But there was a time, long, long ago, when Rod Stewart was actually a viable rock star. Not a pop star, which he was in the mid-70s through the mid-80s, but a rock star when he was, say, the singer for the Jeff Beck group, or after that, the singer for the Faces. That's what we called the Black Crows in the 70s. And... Jimmy Page and Robert Plant did one of those unleaded shows. Remember when Eric Clapton changed Layla and then sang that My Son's Dead song? Um, it, it is for the middle age, middle ageification. Um, and it's a great vehicle for those in middle age because then suddenly you've got Neil Young doing acoustic stuff, which is great. Bob Dylan doing acoustic stuff, which is great. I don't mean to shit on the genre. I just mean to shit on everything else. Um, even Nirvana's Unplugged. Remember that? Yeah, that wasn't bad. So, 94, uh, Jimmy and Robert got back together, did that unleaded thing, which was kind of uh, testing the water for a future. And obviously the water was fine because then they got together and did their enormous unleaded tour, which was 90, I think all of 95, just about all of 95. And then bleeding over into 1996, where they did uh, South America, Australia, and Japan. And the 96 shows are considered to be the top, 
the the zenith of that initial run of of shows uh, because <clears throat> they had been on the road for a year, so their chops were up. They were solidly a band by that point. And instead of being kind of Jimmy playing with Robert's band, because the bass player and the drummer were from Robert's band, uh, at that point they were an honest-to-God band, and it hadn't tipped so far over like it did in 98 when it became Jimmy's band that made Robert bounce. So it's kind of the sweet spot in the arc of the Page Plant reunion. Um, the 98 tour is just fucking amazing. Fucking amazing. But the 96 tour, um, there's something special about it. You know, the boys always tend to bring it in Japan a little more. And they tend to bring some special performances. Um, the only recording of 10 years gone after 1979 was done in Japan. Look it up. It's on one of the, the last podcast I did, with, which I think was the 15th of 96. Um, and tonight, they did a couple others. They got T for One, which was something that they worked on and only did a few times, but did it really well. And uh, right now, we're going to listen to Celebration Day, which they didn't do that often. I don't know how often they did it, but it kicks ass. And by it, I mean Jimmy. <coughs> and the rest of the band is right on time and doing things wonderfully and robert's voice is great and it sounds full and lush and rich and i hope you love it so let's jump into it and uh, get away from my ridiculous meanderings jimmy page robert plant nagoya japan soundboard audience matrix recording you're gonna love it february 17th 1996 heart of markness enjoy see you in a few folks
sorry for that abrupt ending. Um, that's just the way the track was cut. It's kind of... So, apologies for that. And apologies for jumping in, you know, with it being so loud. Like, and here's Celebration Day. So, apologies for that. I try and uh, not bombard you with volume fluctuations, but, you know, sometimes uh, it happens. But uh, please be aware that I feel poorly about it. And I'll try to mitigate that as much as I can. Speaking of mitigation, let's mitigate on down the road to uh, the next track from this wonderful show. And it is High Energy, Robertson Grace vo- Great Voice. And I mean, it, it, it sounds Zeppelin-ish, you know? Robert's voice is exquisite in this. It's crazy how when he's 50, he, or almost 50, he was 48 then. Um, 47 at that point. 47 at that point. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry, guys. Um, he can bring it. I mean, he's an artist. These guys are good, right? So uh, next week I will do something with Zeppelin. Again, I know Page Plant is almost Zeppelin, but it's not Zeppelin. And it's, um, it, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not the top shelf stuff. And I apologize. But this is the top shelf Page Plant stuff. And it is pretty kick-ass, and your foot was tapping, and if you like Led Zeppelin, you like this. So, uh, you know, I'm not feeling too bad. So we come from Celebration Day, nice and short and powerful, and man, it's nice hearing Jimmy play that. I just love hearing him play it and hearing him nail it, because it's such just a happy thing, and it takes me back to the song remains the same, and it makes me happy. The movie, not the song. So, speaking of happy, you know what else makes me happy? Dancing Days are here again. So let's listen to some Dancing Days. An interesting song that took me a long time to like because it's so non-standard. You know the way Soundgarden always like goes out of their way to make their song chord in their chord changes so ugly and dissonant. Um you know, like if there's a choice between just making just major, 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 minor, they go to, you know, diminished, augmented, ninth, um, and things like that, which is to their credit, it's much more complicated, but it makes it, I don't know, not as uh, joyous. Not that Soundgarden is a joyous band, but uh, Dancing Days kind of struck me in that way too, because it's 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 odd. It's Arabic sounding. It almost sounds like a muezzin in a way, and um, I think that was the goal. But uh, to my young, young, undeveloped ears, hearing that song when I'm used to, you know, she loves you, yeah, 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 and things like the Who, which are much more cut and paste rock and roll. Um, it was a bit over my head, but now as I've aged and aged and aged. I've developed uh, an appreciation for the more complex things. And Dancing Days is a non-standard song that is part of why Led Zeppelin's awesome. To make something like that rock, you got to have some chops. So let's listen to the chops of Messrs. Page and Plant, Nagoya, Japan, February 17th, 1996. Here we go. See you in a few. Dancing 
Pretty, pretty, pretty great, right? And even with the Egyptian um, orchestra and the percussion session, toward of sort of in that last seventy-five uh, percent of the show, when they jump right back into it, it is tight. That's good stuff. It's high-level shit, man. That's not nineteen seventy-seven, Jimmy. That's Jimmy on the ball, and it makes me happy. Um, going from dancing days, they jump directly into in the evening. And you're like, Mark, in the evening, we've heard it a few times, and you're going to hear it one more time because I fucking love it. And I especially fucking love it on this tour. I've explained it before. You've heard it. My favorite part is after they go into that little part of Carousalambra, which is tight, and you will hear it. That's worth it alone. Um, they go right back into it and go back into in the evening, and there's all this stuff going on, and just under right at the feathery flickery layer of perception you can hear those uh egyptian percussionists with a and and it's crazy good i love it um maybe you won't hear it because you don't know you don't know it and i'm just projecting it in there because i know that's what's going on but um on the video, and there's video of all these shows too. That's another reason why the Japanese tour for Page and Plant is so great, because there was a dude who made uh, soundboard recordings and shared them with the band. They got back to the band, and Jimmy and Robert were like, holy shit, these are awesome. And he made videos too, incredible videos, because by 96, especially in Japan, there was finally technology that didn't fucking suck. Remember the... um um. Super 8, not the Super 8 film, but the little Super 8 cassettes or 8 mil, you know, whatever they called them. High 8, I think, maybe. Um, they took a great picture. They took amazing audio. And um, the resolution was not insanely high, but it was an excellent picture quality regardless. And um, this guy, I'm not supposed, I don't know if I'm supposed to say his name or not, but I know his name. Uh, Third Eye Productions is his company or, or the the you know, a uh, moniker under which he released the shows. Um, Jimmy and Robert loved his product, so they basically let him set up and record with the understanding that they would get copies. And for that, he got a little bit of backstage access. He got he got some good stuff, and he made incredible documentation of this tour. So thanks, Third Eye, and um, thank you, Jimmy and Robert. So, enough of this meandering. I will meander more after, after, after the song. So let's get to it, shall we? In the evening, Jimmy and Robert with uh, a little bit of Carousalambra in there, too. Great sound, great sound, great band. Robert's in great voice. Great Scott. Let's listen.
Wasn't that nice? I love that song. I love Page and Plant's per- performances of that song. Zeppelin's performances of that song, I do not care for at all. Cheesy. Disappointing. 
sadness, except for the one on In Through the Outdoor, which is fucking brilliant. Okay, well, that gets us through our songs for the week. Keep in mind, I post the songs and I post the show for every podcast eventually. I still haven't done last week because I suck, but uh, it'll be up there. It'll be up there. Don't you worry. And that's um, posted at heartofmarkness.com, the website for the podcast, for the man, for the show, for the band. Um, <clears throat> and uh, you'll be able to get this show for freebies from me to you because it was free from whomever to me. So keep it rolling. And if it's free, then uh, nobody's mad. Jimmy and Robert do not mind if we share the music. But selling the music, on the other hand, if it's not... If they're not making the money off it, it's a no-no. And I completely understand that. Which is also why you're not going to hear things like studio outtakes and um, things like that, rehearsals, uh, sound well, sound checks you might be able to hear, <clears throat> and things like that, because um, those, were, those are bootlegs that were released because they were typically stolen from them and it's studio stuff and that's different than somebody going to a concert and taping it themselves and uh, it's it's a it's not a legal gray area at all it's a legal black area of no 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 and uh so we won't be hearing that unfortunately because there's some good shit out there but you can find it yourself if you wanna there okay so, we have discussed my website, heartofmarkness.com, which right now is essentially just a um, holder for the podcasts where I post them. I mean, they're hosted on SoundCloud, but there's a, a static place where you can get the listen to the podcast and get the show from the podcast. You know, any of the shows that I, I, I talk about are available free, as we just talked about. I'm on Twitter, Heart of Markness. Follow me. I'm on Facebook. We have a Facebook group, Heart of Markness. Join it. There's lots of folks in there. Talk about Led Zeppelin. You like Led Zeppelin, don't you? If you don't, why are you listening? Um, let's see, what else? Oh, Patreon. I've begun uh, creating my Patreon page. And it's not going to be anything crazy because I can't really think of what else to offer other than uh, for patrons other than an additional show every month. So that'll probably be like a $5 level, $5 a month level. You'll get an extra show every month. And um, when I get into having merchandise and stuff, then I'll probably add more tiers. Oh, you know, if you want to give me $100 a month and listen, dandy. If you don't want to give me anything, no worries. This is a free podcast. But everybody likes money. I like money. I'd like to do more with the podcast. I'd like to get better equipment. I'd like to... Uh, have a video component um there's far 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 less live video of zeppelin and uh <laughs> even farther and lesser live video that isn't somehow copyrighted by them so that might be no no i could still do it would be more solo stuff but um it would be nice to to curate live video shows and have a live podcast now and again on youtube move the whole thing over to youtube anyway and you know so you could listen to it on youtube watch it on youtube etc anyway patreon down the road it's uh you know we're moving to a point where i'll be able to start talking about audible subscriptions soon and i don't want to do that and people that i love and people that i respect 
use Patreon so that you can monetize the podcast because making a little money is good. This podcast costs money. Not a lot, but I have to pay to host it. I have to pay to host the website. I have to pay for the uh, server space for the shows that I host and, you know, things like that. It's Like I said, it's not a lot, but it is something. And I'd like to start bringing a little bit of money in. If there are people who like the podcast and are willing to support it, then by God, I would be remiss if I did not give you the opportunity to give me money. But um, it's always going to be a free podcast. Everything that you get now, you're always going to get for free. It's never going to be like, okay, guys, if you want to hear the rest of the podcast, uh, be one of my patrons. It's not going to be like that. It may be something like, like I said, patrons may get an extra podcast a month kind of thing that just goes to them because, you know, hey, they're patrons. That's what they get. Maybe they'll get um, a longer version of the podcast where I do a couple more songs. I don't know. I don't know. All I know at this point is I have a page that is uh, being created and I stopped it at the load your avatar phase because I couldn't find my avatar. Uh, so that's in uh, limbo, but it's it does have a tenuous grasp on reality. So expect that to pop up soon and expect me to start ringing the bell and saying, hey, if you want to be a patron and you love Led Zeppelin, why don't you support the Heart of Marcus podcast? So brace yourself for that. It's going to be one of those. But, you know, like I said, it's either that or Audible or the motherfucking Cash App. You know, I don't want to do that shit. And I mean, I'm nowhere near big enough to do that stuff. I'm just starting to, uh, you know, it's this Heart of Marcus has now just kind of become a thing, like the very low le- lowest level of blip that it can make and be monetizable. It's hit that blip, so... You know, I would not be against it. And anything that would grow the podcast, I am all for. Because I want this motherfucker to grow, yo. Okay. Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) All right. I am done. Coming up on almost 45 minutes. So one more time. Follow me on Twitter, Heart of Markness, if you're a Twitter person. If you're a Facebook person, follow me on Facebook, Heart of Markness. You'll get the, this is where I post the podcast. When they first post, you'll see it on Twitter. You'll see it on Facebook before it hits your phone shortly before it hits your phone because i mean come on they're rss feeds it's fairly instantaneous but you know interaction is good and i love hearing from people and every week i hear from somebody usually somebody on facebook and somebody on twitter at least one person and it is delightful to hear people enjoying this enjoying the podcast enjoying listening to these shows a lot of people who are zep collectors i mean nothing what i'm none of what i'm playing are like deep rare cuts this is all stuff that everybody knows it's like hey don't you like pizza i like pizza everybody likes pizza Um, i'm playing the pizza of led zeppelin shows because there's a lot of folks who have never tried pizza and holy shit it's good but there are people who who have heard these shows a million times over the years, like myself and, and deeper collectors. And it, I hear from them, and it's like, it's nice to hear these shows with fresh ears. It makes me go back and listen again and, you know, gain an, a new appreciation or, or just, you know, a, a fresh set of ears and a new perspective on it. And it just brings a smile to my face. I love doing this. And I'm glad you guys like hearing it. And I'm going to keep doing it. Um, in Zeppelin news, I know I'm not a Zeppelin news source, but um, I'm a live music source. So in Zeppelin live music news, uh, we can expect a release, I think, sometime this month, this month being January 2020, of 
the September 28th show in Osaka, Japan, in either the soundboard or master or wonderful quality. So when that comes out, um, unless it's garbage, which I don't think it will be, we'll do a podcast on it. But the even bigger news is there is one Zeppelin show that is uh, considered the Holy Grail. One Zeppelin show that is legendarily, you know, supposed to be the best show of the all time. And that is the Bath Festival, uh, June 28th, I think, 1970. And you've seen pictures of it. If you've seen pictures of Jimmy wearing like the raincoat and the doofus hat with the beard, uh, like a farmer hat playing on stage, that's the Bath Festival. And um, it's the first performance of the Immigrant Song. I think it might be for the first performance of Since I've Been Loving You. And it is universally acclaimed to be unreal, like their best show ever. Magical. And it was recorded. It was filmed. Um, but it's never seen the light of day. It's rumored that Peter Grant destroyed the tapes. There's one... I think maybe two bootleg sources for it. And they're absolutely, 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 absolutely terrible. Way worse than anybody. I mean, they're, they're among the worst sounding tapes that exist. Um, I think a second source or maybe a fresher rip of that tape came out a few years ago. That is nominally better. Like going from a, an F with a 23% to an F with a 32% better. Like, it's better, but it's still a super-duper F. Um, these tapes for the new Bath release that is is rumored to appear is supposed to be a new source, uh, a source that was is known for having recorded the rest of the festival. I guess Frank Zappa and Pink Floyd and a whole bunch of other folks were there. It was, you know, one of those big hippie festivals, man. And... Um, this is huge. If we get something that's even in decent sound, it's going to be a game changer. And you bet your sweet bippy, I will do a podcast on that. That is huge news. And um, there must be great wailing and gnashing of teeth in the inner inner hoarder circles of the refined Led Zeppelin collectors. The ones who have all these great shows that they never, ever, ever let out because they're precious. And, you know... Nothing holds value like a second-hand recording of a band that stopped playing 40 years ago. Um, but, you know, greed does weird things to folks. But in any case, it looks like something's jumped the fence and uh, might have made it into the public realm. And if that happens, then hooray, hooray, and I'll share it with you. And if it doesn't happen, then unhooray, for there'll be nothing to share. Okay. I have rambled on enough for the night. And uh, thank you very much for listening. I'll see you guys next week with some more Heart of Markness, some more great live music. Be good, enjoy yourself, and thank you. Bye-bye.